Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here on this great fourth week of January. This is the last part of our Resolutions Month mini-series. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Pastor Joe Dobbins from Twin Rivers Worship Center. I hope you enjoyed listening to Brandy Stewart, and I hope you enjoyed uh, Judy Fox. So it's been a really, really great little mini-series that uh, that I hope will help all of you in some way get inspired, uh, get reconnected with yourself, get your work out there, get yourself uh, pumped to hopefully, you know, losing that weight because we all know that that's a big uh, that's a big part of resolutions uh, of our everyone's New Year's resolutions um, but I am really looking forward to this particular episode because one of the things that I have always been plagued with in terms of resolutions things that I always need to keep an eye out for is I tend to get in my own way of my own success and also kind of realizing uh, what I am here to do. Now, uh, several years ago, I took part, I've mentioned this before in previous shows, I took part in the like-for-like frenzy that was going on on Facebook uh, around like 2012, 2013 or so. It was pretty common for a lot of authors to basically like each other's pages, to support each other, to give each other that sort of attaboy. Um, in some cases, other people would kind of say like, okay, I'd like your page, now buy my book. You know, that's, that's, not, how, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. But uh, one, one author in particular really struck me as somebody that I believed that I needed to keep an eye on uh, in the future. And this is an author named Natalie Bushnell. And once I took a look at her profile at her author page and I was reading more about her I was very fascinated by what I was reading it seemed like this person was very much in tune with her place in the universe 
and wanted to make sure that everyone else felt the same way. Um, and so that was somebody that I'm not sure if, um, if I did the initial friend request or if she did to me. All I know is that we became Facebook friends and were able to communicate very briefly with each other throughout the years uh, since then. And earlier last year, that's when we started talking a little bit more because I started seeing an increase in her post that was going on about, um, about a company that she was looking to start up called Solicious, which was dedicated completely into unlocking the human potential that we all have within ourselves that we all, for some reason, keep bottled up. And she is all about letting that free, letting that sort of potential free and completely let it envelop you and put you on the path to where you are supposed to go. And that really fascinated me. And, and this was during the time that I was gearing up to get my podcast up and running. So I knew that at some point I needed to have her on as a guest because she represents exactly what Excelsior Journeys is all about because she is on a journey herself to basically be this guiding force for other people. And by doing that, you know, she is building up a name for herself as well, just as she's helping everyone else build up their names. And so that was somebody that I definitely needed to have on this show. And now I got her. Um, so it's my pleasure to introduce to all of you, Natalie Bushnell. Natalie, how are you? I'm good. George, that was so sweet. It was well, beautiful to see myself through your eyes. That's, you. that's how, that's how it, uh, that's, that's how you, that's how you played a part. You know, like it was one of those things that I just knew, um, the more I got to know you, the more I felt like, okay, I need to keep this person in my life. And I'm so glad that I did because now you're here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me and seeing yourself and showing up and asking and letting me be here for you. Well, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you just got to take a chance and see, and see what happens. Because I had a feeling that if I extended this invitation, I just knew that you would take it. And I didn't know how enthusiastically you would take it. And so that was, that was a really good bonus there. So before we go back to the beginning with, uh, with your journey, Tell us a little bit about Solicious itself, because that was what really got me into believing that you needed to be a guest on this show. So tell us a little bit about Solicious. So Solicious really is about turning humans into gods. It's turning them into soul food and eye candy, because our society, a lot of times, the spiritual aspect um, we have a lot of really good-hearted people that give, 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 but they're not giving to themselves, and they're not taking care of themselves. And so they become soul food, and they're very yummy to hang out with and love on and things like that, but you see them not charging their worth. You see them not having any abundance around them. You see them not having you know, these, bottle, these model bodies. And on the opposite spectrum is your eye candy, right? And we kind of think it's narcissistic to always take care of yourself, always have money, be fake looking, all those different things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, well, I was so much so food. I was giving. I spent years and years and years serving people and not charging anything. Um, I was making like $33 an hour for teaching the same kind of stuff that Tony Robbins teaches million, or charges millions of dollars for. Wow. And I, I didn't know my worth and I ended up in a situation 
where I was separated from my husband. He was my eye candy. He was Hercules. He was like, I don't know if you see my husband, but he's like super physically fit, right? I have and, seen him. Yes. And I've been you know, like, just like, dude, awesome. Kudos. Yeah. He's, he's, he's my, he was my bipolar opposite where I was so integrated in the spiritual world and the conscious world. He was so integrated in the physical world. And we didn't, at that time, we didn't see each other's value. And so we had separated and created this really weird conundrum. And I, 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 I got upset with the universe one day because I had my husband on one side who was my soul eye candy. And I had two friends over there and they were like Barbie dolls, like perfect. Yeah. And then on this other side, I had my soul folk, uh, or soul yummy family. And it was like this gay guy with AIDS that I absolutely was in love with. Um, and then these two women and that were my best friends and they were my soul yummy. And I sat down on the grass one day and I was mad at the universe and like, why have I created this situation? You know, and, and it, it was trying to show me that I valued so food more than I valued um, eye candy. Mm. But as I sat there, it was the first time that I had really grounded because I had become addicted to after my daughter's death, I had become addicted to spirituality and serving others to get away from my own pain. Mm. And it was the weirdest thing because it was like it brought me back home. And I could feel everything. I could feel the grass. I could feel the trees. I could feel the air. And I looked down, and there's this sage. And to me, sage is considered so yum because it's when I go to sweat lodges, you'll sniff sage so you don't die because it gets so hot mm -hmm. in the sweat lodges. But and it just smells so delicious to me. So that would be my so yum. But coming out of the sage were these two daffodils. And daffodils are those beautiful yellow fake looking flowers. They're like too good to be true. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you actually look up the word um, daffodil, did you know it's called a narcissist? Really? Yeah. Huh. And so I thought my husband and all these people that were fake and had money and had cards and all they cared about with themselves were just complete narcissists. But I didn't realize at the time I was being narcissistic to myself. I was being selfless versus self-loving. I wasn't paying myself. I wasn't valuing myself. I wasn't um, putting myself first or working out or taking care of my body or anything. I was putting everybody else's needs before my own. And as I looked down and I saw these two things together, I realized because I was raised as a polygamist, and we'll go into that story in a little bit, mm -hmm. I had created a belief. You've heard the saying, I'm sure it says, don't be, don't be eye candy, be soul food. Have you heard that? I... I'm sure I have, you know, like there's, there's a lot of different things that I, you know, famous quote out there and it, maybe it doesn't mean anything to most people, but it meant a lot to me because yeah. I was raised as a polygamist. If you put a lot of attention into your body, you were shamed. Mm. Um, if you put a lot of attention, I was like called a whore for having nails one day. And, um, like I had to wear clothes that were down to my ankles and up to, um, down to my wrists. And, um, like I had to wear long underwear and two pairs of pantyhose to cover them up. Wow. So I was like, like told, you know, to have any kind of beauty was shameful. And so don't be, I can't be soul food became this belief I inserted into myself. But mm -hmm. I realized in that moment I had been shaming my darkness. I had been shaming my desire to be beautiful and to take care of myself and to have beautiful things around me here. I had been giving, giving, giving all for like 14 years. I've been giving everything, but I had nothing to show for it because I never gave anything to myself. And so that's how Solicious was created because in that moment I realized, excuse my French, fuck that, be both. Mm -hmm. Why not have it all? Yeah. Why not be beautiful? 
on the outside and beautiful on the inside. Why not have money? If you're going to have to be in this world, why not treat it like a vacation? Why not ha have it become heaven on earth? And I've actually traveled to, I've been able to, because of my spiritual gifts, I have access to the higher realms and the higher dimensions. They celebrate constantly. It's like an orgasmic ride of joy constantly. And there's so many parties and there's so much glitter and there's so much beauty up there. Why don't we bring some of that and put it here? Mm -hmm. And if we did that, this we wouldn't be trying to get out of this reality so much. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of like enhancing the one that we're in instead of trying to escape yes. to a that, that doesn't do anything for anyone. Because yes. if you're just escaping into an alternate reality, you're the only one who's doing that. No one else is going with you. And so yes. um, if you're able to enhance the reality around you, then all of a sudden you're enhancing it for everyone as well. You're not just exactly. doing it for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'd spent my whole life looking at the stars instead of realizing, looking into my children's eyes and my husband's eyes and realizing the stars were already around me. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, starting to create my heaven right here. Mm -hmm. But for me to do that and for my husband to value me, he needed to see that I was on earth, that yeah. I could physically be here, be present, and start putting my allowing people to pay me so we could actually have a heaven here. Yeah. And so he wasn't having to carry all the financial burdens. It's amazing that you're saying this right now because I had just recently listened to, uh, since you were talking about Tony Robbins, I've gone to, you know, I've gone back into his, uh, his podcast li uh, library and I just recently came across an episode where uh, where a gentleman was there basically considering himself a fraud because of uh, he believed that the work that he was doing was of no value to other people, um, even though what he was doing, because he was a personal trainer and somebody who dropped like over 100 pounds, um, he still always saw himself as the before picture. He never saw himself as the after picture. He never saw mm. himself as the one that uh, people could aspire to be. Um, mm -hmm. He just saw himself as as the one who's just kind of starting off on his own weight loss journey at the same time. And so what um, what Tony basically told him, since he basically just asked him, you know, like what he charges for uh, for his service. And uh, the guy was charging, I think he said like $49 a month, while other people doing the same business were charging 150 to 180 per month. And so he basically just kind of realized that, you know, that what he was doing was he was, he was cutting himself short. It was doing exactly what you were doing um, by, exactly. by charging those, by charging those smaller prices. And it's one of those things. And Tony was saying, you know, like, I understand it. You know, like, I understand the want to do that because you want it, you want everyone to have it. But at the same time, by charging that low of a price, you're not giving yourself the value that you deserve. And because okay. by, do, by cutting it, by giving such a low number, by giving such a low amount for people to pay, you're not allowing yourself to live your own mission. And so- Absolutely. In the yeah. hand, money in the hands of good people can do great things. Yeah. And that is what Solish is about. Is I've created this group, and I've created a movement of emotional healing retreats where we go in and heal because healers need healing. 
people that yeah. are on these kind of journeys, they need healing, but you shouldn't be healing your whole life. People are not healers. They're creators that are stuck in trauma. Mm -hmm. And if we can go in and heal all of their wounds and their child wounds, then they can start creating and playing. But a lot of people believe unless you have money, you don't have worth. Unless I'm making money, what I do doesn't have value. Did you know that? There's, there's so many people that think that, I mean, I, I definitely have, you know, been guilty of, of feeling that same way, you know, with, uh, with everything that I'm doing, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of just trying to find that happy medium with uh, with a with a price that's not cheap but offers so much value. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Yeah, I was. Um, but here's the thing: is it's it, value is perspective. Okay. Yeah. Money is yeah. perspective. So I was at this um, at this thing. I the universe blesses us in many ways too. By the way, this entire year is about learning to receive creators. Creator has come to me. He's called me his divine lover, and now he has been trying to spoil me. But I was in resistance to receiving, and mm. so he's this whole year is about learning about this. But as I've been receiving, I've received over two hundred thousand dollars in the last few months of just gifts from all around the world. Wow! Um, my husband's been on trips. I've been on trips. We've been to Costa Rica. We've just been doing and getting free stuff everywhere we turn. But one of those things that I was invited to was a conference where people paid $120,000 to $160,000 to coach with this coach. Oh my. And wow. he was speaking to us and he talked to us a lot about things and he actually got off stage and he said something. He says, you know, selling spirituality is so much harder than or easier than selling money. And I just started bawling because I believed selling spirituality was so much harder because they pe thought people didn't value it because they mm -hmm. thought it didn't bring them money. Yeah. And I realized in that moment that I had been seeing it wrong. I didn't see my value. I didn't see my worth. But as I started busting through, I started noticing things. For instance, I saw this video of this bum, or sorry, this man who put dollar bills all over his body. And I actually heard you say this earlier before we got in here. And so this is why I want to tell this story. Yeah. He put dollar bills all over his body. And he says, if you need it, come get some. Well, this woman walks up and she's got nails. She's got shoes. She's obviously wealthy. She starts taking money off his coat and she takes $40 mm. off. He's oh, wow. like, you really need this money? And she's like, yeah, I'm getting my nails done. And he's like, okay, mm. whatever. And he puts new money on his coat and this yeah. bum walks up and he takes $2. And the guy's like, dude, do you want some more? He's like, no, I just need to eat today. Most really big-hearted people only take what they need. They're yeah. never taking what they want. They don't mm -hmm. even know what they want. They're in survival mode. And when we were talking earlier about what you're doing, you're like, well, if I can do this and this and this, it will cover what I need. Yeah. But you, George, still need to think bigger. What do you want? Because the universe loves you. It wants to spoil you. But right now, you're only taking what you need. That's true. That is very There's true. There's that bum who's only asking for his $2. Mm. So at the end of this podcast, I'd like to offer this, um, offer an opportunity for your viewers. But the reason why I'm offering this opp opportunity is to them is because a lot of reason why I create a solicious is to funnel money to good people. Mm -hmm. And so I offer a, a, a really good um, incentive for people that listen to your show when they come on, they actually are able to help support you in your project so that you can start making what you want versus what you need. Oh, wow. That, that's, that, sound, that sounds amazing. I, 
you know, I welcome that and uh, I am very appreciative, you know, for that. So that's something that, um, that I, I just, wow. <laughs> you know, just, I, I, I will, I just, I am just very appreciative. So thank you, you know, for, you know, for thinking of me like that. So, um, so, um, so that I can actually kind of, t- you know, take a moment to catch my breath a little bit. Let's go back to the beginning of your journey. So what was, as I like to say in the show, what was that lightning bolt moment for you where you saw someone or experienced something and just reached out to the sky, to the heavens, to something that was inspiring you and just say, that's what I want to do. That is the path that I want to not only take for myself, but that's a path that I want to help others take for themselves. What was that like for you? So uh, about 15 years ago, I was actually in a polygamous cult. I had Mm -hmm. five moms and 45 brothers and sisters. Well, actually it wasn't 45. I think it was like 35. I lost track, but I absolutely loved the culture. It was very beautiful. I loved my family. I loved my siblings. And at the age of 18, I turned myself in. Even though I was in love with someone else, it was based on the culture that you turn yourself in and you get placed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the person I was placed with, I knew I needed to marry. Not, I, I had a revelation that I needed to marry. So I did it on my own free will, but at the same time, there's a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. But he was an older man, and older meaning 33, but I was like, 18. So that's older for me, right? Yeah. Oh, that's old. Yeah. And we were obviously on different wavelengths. You know, I had a lot of um, immaturity issues at that point, but I was also very sweet and kind. And I didn't, I didn't, um, I, I, I was very codependent. I took everything personal. I was like a typical 18 year old and Mm -hmm. I could not understand for the life of me why my sister wife didn't like me. Like I knew she loved me, but once I got pregnant, obviously that triggered her. Right. And Mm. so it ended up becoming very suppressive. Like she didn't want him with me. So he, I went like two, three years without sex. Um, she became very manipulative. I was always in trouble. Um, I had, I was very controlled my own daughter had to call me Natalie. She wasn't allowed to call me mom. Um, I had, I turned into kind of like a slave. Like they had all, I would wake up on Saturday morning and have so many jobs that by 11 o'clock at night, I was bawling. Like I was so exhausted. I'd be just crying every night. It was, I had to get up at 5 a.m. just to do all my cleaning before I went to work. And so it became such a, and I had nobody to connect to because it was a shameful to go back to your family and talk because, you know, you weren't supposed to talk about your family's business and I didn't really have any friends. And so it just, it became very isolating for me. Um, they had had a previous wife who had become also so depressed that she ended up dying in a car accident and mm-hmm. she would come and like haunt me at night. It was, and that's back when I realized I had spiritual abilities to talk to the dead. And, and, um, I would like, it was trippy. The things that would happen to me, like I'd be sleeping and then all of a sudden this little boy would like be next to my bed and he's like, I have something to tell you. And then my room would just get really dark and heavy. Have you ever been haunted before? Thankfully, no. Um, not yet, at least. You know, like I, you know, um, yeah, I've, I've yet to have that, that sort of experience. Well, yeah. lucky you. <laughs> but <laughs> so it was happening to me all nonstop. And these beans would come and they would communicate with me and um, tell me about how Helen died and why she died and, Anyways, it, it just became very suppressive, and I ended up with um, fibromyalgia, 
anxiety so bad I couldn't function a lot, and bipolarism, which are all very similar. Um, people that are awakening, they usually end up with one or all three of those symptoms. Did yeah. you know that? Um, I did not know that, no. Because they are so empathic, they can feel other people's emotions. They're mm. very sensitive. They also become very um, like toxin. They're very um, sensitive to foods, and so they'll create anytime they're eating like junk food or sugars or anything like that. It will store in their tissues and give them fibromyalgia. And so anybody who's on a conscious awake or is awakening to become a shaman or healer, they mm. usually end up with those three symptoms. And so I had all three very bad. I had huge cysts on my wrists. Or like they were like 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 golf balls on both of my wrists. Yeah. And I ended up committing suicide. I was so done. I overdosed on sleeping pills, and I fell asleep in the closet. And my husband came and found me, but because um, because I was so molested and raped as a child earlier, I often pretended I was asleep anytime um, he came around. And so he just thought I was pretending and just left me there. I didn't realize I was actually dying. And when I died, it was actually really beautiful. But all of a sudden, this man is next to me, and it was obviously creator or one of my guardian angels. Mm -hmm. And I feel him put his hands on my chest and defibrillate me back to life. Is that called a defibrillator? That uh, they defibrillator, yeah, defibrillator. Yeah. yeah. So he put his hands, and his this electricity came out of his hands and mm-hmm. shot into me and jerked me back to life. And he did this every about every three minutes, all wow. night long, all night long. And when I woke up the next morning, I was actually kind of pissed. I was still alive because it was like it was like really rude. I would like go into peace and then come back into pain, and then go into peace and then come back into pain, and then go into peace and then come back into pain. Yeah. So. Um, the next day I go to work or I go to work and I come home and I'm in a bad mood cause I'm still alive. And my sister wife's like, I need you to go out and, um, weed the garden. And it's like pouring rain, like pouring. Right. And I'm like, I look at her like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Like, and she's like, yes, I need you to go out and weed the garden before, before dinner. And she was just really like rude that way. And mm. I just gotten off work and I'm having a bad day cause I'm not dead. And I'm like, fine, whatever. And I go outside and I'm weeding this garden and I end up having a mini heart attack and I fall down into the garden because I did damaged my heart the night before. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up at the sky and rain is pouring on me. It's like one of those enchanting movie moments. And I just tell God, I says, I'm done. I says, you show me a better way or take me home. And the craziest thing happened. This lightning bolt shot through the sky and it was as if he heard me and it kind of freaked me out. I was like, yeah. whoa. And the next day I go to work and I'm doing my manic and depressive things. So I'm bawling in the bathroom and it's a public restroom and a public business. Mm -hmm. And I have so little self-worth and so little self-value that when I'm actually having a mental breakdown, I think I have to clean the bathroom floor with a toothbrush. So I'm in this public restroom cleaning the door. It's like somebody walking into McDonald's, I guess, Mm -hmm. walking to McDonald's and cleaning the tile with a toothbrush. Can you imagine that? (laughs) <laughs> that's that's how little yeah. self-worth I had <laughs> wow. and I'm cleaning this floor and I look into the back of the back bathroom cupboard and there's this book and it's got a little bit of water damage and it's crinkled but I just felt like it's energy and I picked it up and it's called you can heal your life by Louise Hay it's a book I recommend to anyone starting their spiritual journey I've given so many copies of that book out everybody I've ever met who mm-hmm. gives that that book 
um, that's read that book gives that book, book out as gifts. It is oh. one of the most influential books in this world. Louise Hay is now dead. I actually channeled her on my YouTube page, but she is an amazing woman, and that book saved my life. Um, I read it from beginning to end that very same day, mm -hmm. and I stopped crying for the first time in like months. And so I put the book because it wasn't mine and I had such high integrity that I put the book back in the cupboard where it belonged because it didn't belong to me. And I right. went home and I was the very last person to leave the office that day. Mm -hmm. And the next morning I woke up and it was, I felt good. Like it was the first time I was like, wow, I feel like myself again. Yeah. And I went, I went into the work and I was the very first person there. I was kind of a workaholic because um, it meant I could leave the house and I walked in and that book is set perfectly on my desk and I was like holy crap like I was a little freaked out it was like an Ouija board you heard of them before you, oh, yeah. use them, you can't get rid of them right. so I was a little freaked out and then all of a sudden this voice said to me as loud as me talking to you it said Natalie that is your book that is your ticket out of here let me bless you mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, okay, because yeah. I couldn't deny it. And so yeah. I picked that book up, and in that back of the book, they have all of these affirmations. Basically, any health issues you have or mental issues you have, there's an affirmation in the back of the book. Um, for instance, I don't know, this one is for the colon, because at that time I had the age, our people worked on me, said I had, the, I had a lot of constipation issues and stuff. I don't anymore, mm -hmm. but... Because I, I healed it with this affirmation. The affirmation is, I release that which I no longer need. I let go of the past. I'm free. And I call that one my pooper affirmation. Because anybody's constipated or if I'm ever constipated ever, which I'm not anymore, but you will poo within 30 seconds when you start saying that. Like it just releases everything. And so I had this whole list of affirmations that I would say all day long. From the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, I would just repeat these affirmations. And if I stopped for a moment, I would just break down in tears. It was like how I managed myself. And like just saying, one of them is, I love and approve of myself. I am at peace and calm as well. Every time I said that, I bawled and bawled. And I, I just, because I, I didn't believe it, but the more and more I said it, the more and more I started believing it and I stopped crying. And I noticed that things started changing in my reality. For starters, my friend would always get mad at me. She's like, Natalie, that door was locked. How did you open it? And I started realizing I was able to open locked doors. Mm -hmm. And the next thing that started happening was my sister wife wouldn't give me any gas money. And I was like, fine. The car breaks down, car breaks down. And I stopped caring what other people think, thought or said to me. And I just drove that car around for two weeks on empty. And every time, every time it clunked out, it would fill back up and I would continue to drive. Mm -hmm. the universe was filling my, 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 my gas tank. And I remember one day I came home and my husband started screaming, there's not one ounce of drop of gas in this car, Natalie. It won't even start. And he's just yelling. And I just yeah. said, hand me the keys. And it started right up for me. <laughs> and these miracles started happening everywhere I turned. Um, my, my business ended up paying me $25,000 accidentally. I gave them back the money and mm -hmm. they thanked me for the mistake and they told me they do, they're surprised that I was so honest because they wouldn't even known it was missing. Mm. Think about that for a second. Yeah. The universe was trying to bless me so much that it actually paid me $25,000 to 
from a business that wouldn't have noticed, but I gave it back, of course. Of course. Um, they Then I had worked at Walmart when I was um, 17, and they found me after all those years and tracked me down and gave me the money in my 401k and a check. And that was actually the money I used to escape. But what before I tell you that story, you need to know how much confidence I had in that time in my life. I went from being this this whiny little child that couldn't stop crying to having so much confidence and healing my fibromyalgia and healing my depression and healing everything, healing my anxiety, and which I have other tools for people too, because it wasn't just this. I started doing other things. Everything I needed was given to me at that time and to heal myself. And I completely transformed my entire life. But what happened was, is my, the business I was in started laying people off. Mm. And I was the very first person to stand up, walk up to my boss and say, lay me off first. Can you imagine having that kind of confidence? Wow. And she started bawling and she said, Natalie, you're my favorite employee. Are you sure? And I said, yes. I says, unlike the rest of these people, I will find a new job. Mm. And I smiled at her and I hugged her and I clocked myself out and I walked over to another building. I opened it up to go talk to a friend this woman stands up and said, Natalie, I dreamed of you last night. I'm supposed to hire you. That's crazy. That's, that's amazing. Just how in touch with everything around you that you, that you've been able to get in that period of time. Like that's, that's just, uh, that's really something that's really and amazing. That wasn't the end. So no. I started working for this woman and she started this business. I was her first and only employee. Mm -hmm. And when I was doing cold calls for her, um, I ended up having a lot of men that would fall in love with my voice and want to talk to me. And so they would keep calling in and, and I ended up attracting a really dangerous situation hmm. where, um, where I was home one night with my kids and um, the, my, my ex-husband and my sister wife had left for the night. And I'm cleaning and I have all the blinds down because I was a cleanaholic. Mm -hmm. And I had all the blinds down. It was pitch black outside. And all of a sudden, I hear one of the little girls screaming, Aunt Natalie, Aunt Natalie. And she's screaming around the house. And I go to open the door because the boys would always lock her out. And I go to step outside. And suddenly, I am pushed back. And I am pushed back so hard, I break the back of the washer. Oof. And this voice says to me, it's loud, if not louder, like it was, it was threatening me. It says, do not walk out that door. That is not Sabrina screaming for you. Oof. And I was like, oh, okay. And in this town, we didn't lock our doors or anything. Right. And I look out and it's pitch black and he lifts up my arm and slams the door for me. And I'm like, okay, that's freaky. And mm -hmm. so I go marching upstairs because I'm still not scared because I'm really just a little bit in shock. I'm, but I'm more concerned about Sabrina. Mm -hmm. And I go marching upstairs about to get mad at the boys because I thought they had locked her out. And suddenly I look over and she's right there. She wasn't outside. And so now we're all freaked out and we're, we're saying our prayers. And I tell my husband and he tells me I'm crazy and it's a horse. And the next day I go to work. And I sit down at my desk, and again, I'm the only one that works there. And this, mm -hmm. my phone instantly rings the moment I sit down. So this person was watching me. And I sit down, and I said, hello. And it says, hello. And I says, hi, who's this? And he says, my name's Steve. And I says, hey, Steve, how can I help you? 
And he says, I came to say goodbye to you last night, but I guess you didn't see me. Hmm. And I said, excuse me? And he just starts laughing and hangs up. Well, my friend Susie walked to the door and I told her, I said, you know, Steve? And she was holding some papers. And as I told her my story, she dropped them. And she says, Natalie, I don't know why I turned the TV on last night, but I was watching America's Most Wanted. And there's a man who was literally stalking women. And it had been from the city of the people I had been co-calling that month. Mm-hmm. Stalking women, watching them, recording the sounds of their kids screaming. So he must record Sabrina screaming at one point. Um, and basically luring women out of their homes with those screams. Ugh. And then raping them and chopping them up into little pieces. Wow. Ugh. And so, yeah, now I'm freaking scared, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I reach out to my husband and I'm like, this is happening. He's like, again, he didn't believe me. He told me mm-hmm. I was crazy. And he wouldn't even lock our door at night. Makes me feel super validated, right? Yeah. And so I'm at my office that night all alone again. And I'm talking to a client. And suddenly my outside door um, starts twisting back and forth, back and forth back and forth, back and forth. And um, this person did not try to enter my office. And I knew at this point that they were trying to scare me. They were just trying to to get me to be afraid. Mm. And so I called my friend Charlie, terrified. He comes and gets me, and they didn't hurt him. And so he takes me home, and um, I get home, and nobody's there. And so I go up to my room, and all of a sudden this voice says hide and so I hide behind my door because that's about as clever as I was right and suddenly this man this door my downstairs door opens and this 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 man with boots comes walking to my house and I could hear his boots very heavily and it walks up to my room and it just stands there and it just sighs and and it kind of looks in like it's looking for me but it was weird because it was like I was also protected like it wasn't allowed to enter my room and then it gets disappointed and it walks out and leaves. And I never looked at him or anything because obviously I'm scared, but I could hear him breathing. Right. And it leaves. Well, this continued um, for like two weeks, like just the one experience after another. And my mother, my mother is simultaneously being emailed by a man who says, your daughter is beautiful and she dances, your daughter's beautiful and dances with roses. And he talks about how he hurt people back in 1969 mm-hmm. and how recarnish is real and how it would be to be able to kill the same person twice. And after he ma- emails this to my mother, my mama goes down and there's a picture of me on my mom's dresser in a, my sophomore year with this dress that da- with my roses. And my mom had not seen that picture in years. And she said it was set perfectly on my dress. And my sister actually watched him put it there because he, he had come into her room first, looked mm-hmm. at her, and my sister peeked around the corner and saw him go into my mom's room. And she was freaked out and jumped in her bed, but she later told me that she actually saw him and it scared her to death and she didn't know who it was. Whoa. But um, at that same time, I started having these visions of – being in this beautiful white dress and being on stage and seeing how I looked and, and then also seeing this grass and then seeing people scream and run and then watching 
um, my friend be shot with black hair, and then mm -hmm. I watched myself be stabbed to death. And these images just kept coming and coming and coming so vividly, and I was terrified, and I would wake up in the middle of night at the same time every night, and I would hear screams, and I would, um, I would hear all of, you know, just horrible things happening, and I would pace my house for hours waiting for the screams to stop. And then my husband said something to me one night. He said, I would, wouldn't you rather die than be so afraid? And in that moment, I realized I had given my power away and I stopped being afraid of anything. Hmm. And because I stopped being afraid, I started searching and I found out I was actually Sharon Tate in 1969. Whoa. It was the Charles Massac yeah. Manson Massacre. Manson. Yeah. And um, my ex-husband's name is Charles. And my sister wife and her sister look mm -hmm. like the two women that murdered Sharon Tate in 1969. Oh. And my life changed and went downhill when I was eight months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And that's when, and that's when he stopped having sex with me or having anything to do with me. And I went through an emotional death. Um, everything coincided with Sharon Tate and the guy that was emailing my mother was his, his um, alias name was Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that was emailing. Now, I don't believe it was Charles Manson that was emailing my mother. I think it was a copycat. Yeah. And I have proof of that, but we'll go, go into that probably on another um, thing. I think he was the Riverman because the mm -hmm. Riverman actually found me in Walmart at the age of 17. And he actually stalked me for a while. Whew. And we'll go. He's another serial killer. Yeah. But... Long story short, that was a pivotal time in my life because I stopped being afraid of anything. And it got to the point where I could walk outside and the wind be blowing. Yeah. And I said, don't touch me. I'm not afraid of you. And it mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah. And I walked all the way to work and it was blowing like Hades ever around me, including my boss. She ran over her hair sticking straight out. And she's like, where's your hairspray? I was like, I don't have hairspray. She's like, well, where's your comb? I says, I don't have a comb. She says, well, where's your car? I said, I walked. She says, why do you look like that? Like you just got out of the shower. I says, because I told the wind not to touch me. And she says, don't, don't talk. Because it freaked her out. She had been watching me do things that were not human. But it was because I had no more fear. I was no longer afraid of anything. That job put me in contact with my current husband. She put me on the phone with him. He was a closer for another business. Mm -hmm. I told him the day I heard his voice that I was supposed to marry him. I just wow. knew it. The next day, I was transferred down to his work. He was not there. They tried to introduce me to another Jason, and I knew that wasn't him. And I said, that's not him. Right. I said, how do you know? I says, I know. The next day, I went down there again. I walked in, and I saw him. And I didn't even know his name. And he looked like a Greek god to me. And that's why my husband's Hercules. <laughs> and him and I had never parted from that day. And we were, and she, my friend was so concerned because she took me to the park that night and tried to get me to drunk to talk that about, but I told her I meant to marry him. Mm -hmm. And within three months we were married. And the moment I left that community, that entire mm -hmm. business dissolved. Creator oh, yeah. loved me so much. He created an entire business to help me escape that culture. That's amazing. Wow. And that's how much he loves everyone. Mm -hmm. But most people don't know this. They've yeah. been programmed with lies. 
and they, yeah. they have belief systems and structures and traumas. And so what I do now is I help people heal all of their emotions and their, their minds or their, their mindset and all of that stuff. So they can step into, to the gods they are meant to be. I've been through almost any trauma possible. Yeah. I've had a child die. I've been raped. I've been molested. I've been abused. I've had sex withheld. I've been cheated on. I've had everything happen to me. But my mission in life is to show people how to rise above it and show them that they attracted everything for a reason. Because, George, we're magicians. We said lock our ass up, chain us, throw us in the ocean, and we'll show you how to, that we're going to break free. That's but the beautiful. most humans have forgotten who they are. They've forgotten mm -hmm. their power and they're drowning and they're scared and they want out. So they're using everything in their life to escape the realities. But the way out is in. You have mm -hmm. to get very present in your reality. You have to very, come very, very clear about why you created everything and create, take complete accountability. This re world is a reflection of several things. Number one, your birth. I can go back and heal your entire life for you just doing your forgiveness work from everybody that was in your, your birth. Here you were this perfect child. They pulled you out of your mother. They took you away. They beat you to make you breathe. So now you feel like you need to be punished. They put you in an incubator and took you away from mom. So now you have a hard time creating connection with other people. Maybe something's wrong with you. Maybe you're not important. Maybe you're not enough. Maybe they don't love you. And you start creating these beliefs about why these people did this to you. Instead of seeing that they were loved you and they were trying to keep you warm, you saw they must not like me. I must not be enough. And so you started to dim your light even from that moment. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because like, there is, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it really is something you know, like when you're able to kind of tap into that and just are able to come to grips with everything and just kind of look past um, everything that's that you've gone through. The fact that you're still standing, the fact that you're still there after all that, that alone should be your shield. Just be like, I've taken all of this and there's, yes. nothing, there's nothing that I can't handle. Yes. In fact, humans are actually obsessed with that spiral. Did you know that? It's called the infinity loop. It's about how much pain can I handle? How much pleasure can I handle? And people don't actually know it, but they're putting themselves on this roller coaster. Have mm -hmm. you ever noticed that you get really, really, really good with your partner and suddenly you guys will sabotage, you'll fight or disconnect or something? Mm -hmm. And then you'll go back down into the pain. And you'll just do this. Or in your job, you'll do the same thing at work or you'll do the same thing with your, with your fitness. You'll feel really good about yourself for a few days and then you'll pop a cookie in your mouth. Mm -hmm. and you'll go right back down into that pain. Well, what happens is we'll do really, really good and then we'll attract somebody cheating on us or a baby dying or something like that that puts us down to how much pain can you handle? How much pain can you handle before you traumatize? And that's what makes a God. How much pleasure can I receive? When you get into the higher dimensions, when I go into the higher dimensional frames, I orgasm out of every cell of my body at such high intensity that I have to beg to be brought down. Wow. It's so much pleasure that we're like, okay, stop, stop, stop. I can't anymore. And we mm -hmm. will like shame us, 
yell at us, traumatize us, do anything. But the excru it's so excruciating to fall from that higher dimension all the way down to here that what we'll do is we'll bury ourselves deeper than we need to go in some kind of trauma to keep ourselves stuck for a little bit so that when we come up a little bit, we're like, oh, we're a badass. Mm. Oh, that feels good. Yeah. So that we can handle being here because it's so different from where we're used to. But at the same time, we're not ready for an orgasm every 30 seconds. Right. We get exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and their orgasms, dude, they, they're like professional orgasm makers. They have names for the orgasms. Like it's like acid or, or marijuana or different. It's like they have a different hit with the orgasms. They've labeled them. This one is called the cosmosis, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it like flows in every cell of your body. This one's called this. You feel like you're like going to like you're you're having an entire world birthed into you. Like I've had orgasms where entire worlds are birthed into me when I get into my God state. Wow. Um, when I walk, like I am completely like I go into a grocery store. I'm so connected to everything around me now because mm -hmm. I'm so grounded that I literally am being fed organically I'm a walking talking vagina the universe does nothing but feed me and bless me and and infuse me with orgasmic energy like grocery stores are the hugest place because there's the fluctuation of the freezers and everything mm -hmm. it's all like orgasmic energy for me and that is what becoming a god is all about wow becoming letting the universe be your sugar daddy that I've I've never heard it like that and that's 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 poetry right there like that's so good um wow so so with all of that with that sort of connection that you have that sort of um energy that is coursing through you so at some point you're going to in your life you're going to take that energy you're going to you're going to tap uh tap that energy into someone else and basically just kind of open their doors and allow them to see the world in a whole new wonderful light what was that like for you when you were able to help your first person kind of break free so i i've been doing i've had so many clients of the years i don't even remember my first one like i've i've done so many healings on so many people but there's actually one i want to share with you that actually happened recent if that's okay I was at a conference and this woman gets up and she starts talking about how she's struggling at work because nobody believes in her and her, her bosses are putting her down and all these different things that she called them the top management. And I'm sitting there listening to her story and listening to the victim inside of her. And I just, I about lost my shit. I'm going to be honest because my soul is screaming because she, she ha didn't realize that she had been doing this to herself the whole time. This world is reflection of how you treat you. She had been putting herself down for years. She's the one that wasn't supporting herself. She was the one that wasn't believing in herself. She was the one that wasn't loving herself and, and being there and holding her own hand and saying, sweetheart, you can do this. I believe in you. And getting herself up and having confidence. Mm. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all too so, well. Yeah, because I um, just uh, – um, just for uh, just for a moment, you know, like I remember very vividly that during a, a time when I felt that I was just really down on myself, like especially uh -huh. like around sixth grade, that's when I felt like things were really kind of you know not right with me. I felt like you know I just couldn't do anything right, and I 
just felt so frustrated with myself. And the very next year was when we made the move to Richmond, Virginia. And that's when, you know, like, because normally I would get solid grades in school. But that year, everything just bottomed out. Had to take summer school for the first time. Wound up passing seventh grade literally by one point. And it was, it was miserable. I was miserable. And finally, like, I was able to kind of scrape an existence out of, you know, for myself uh, during that time. But yeah, those, I, I remember that very vividly. And it's hard for me to, you know, like, there are times when it just feels like you got to let go of that, you know, because you're not doing yourself any favors by constantly dwelling on those moments. So yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean when it comes to that sort of constantly being down on yourself kind of, yes. kind of feeling. So yes. yeah. So, so I'm so, sorry to uh, continue on. No, so, no, no. I'm yeah. glad you in part because I need to know that people understand this, that they, they're the ones that have been abusing themselves. They're the ones that cheating. When I was being cheated on, it was because I was playing small because I wasn't, I was lying to myself and thought I couldn't do it. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't supporting myself. I was supporting everybody else's dreams, but I wasn't supporting myself. I didn't think I was worth the $5,000 that it was going to take to fix my body, which I just got the surgery done a couple days ago, but I was cheating me, not believing I was worth it. Okay. Yeah. And this is what humans do. And then they want to blame everybody else. But this world is just a reflection of how they've been treating themselves. And I can go in and show you your patterns and shift you so that you start loving yourself. And then the universe can show up and start loving you. And that's what I did to this, that girl that day. I walked over and I was like, whoa. And I tapped the, tap of, tapped, tapped the top of her head and said, this is upper management, sweetheart. You're the one that's been mean to you. And I mm -hmm. went into this healing in front of everyone. And this man walks up to me afterwards. And she was just like, just like it, she just started crying. Like she realized it in that moment, what she had been doing to herself. And this man walked up to me and says, what did you do to her? I says, what are you talking about? And he's like, that when you tapped her head, what did you do? And I was like, I just, you know, I just put some energy into her. He says, Natalie, I've never seen energy before. He says, I watched you take a golden ball and insert it into the top of her head. It's a, and gold, and I didn't tell him this, but I work with only gold energy. Mm -hmm. I don't do gold or dark or light because it creates too much contrast. When mm -hmm. you try to be all light and good, you actually will attract evil because you've judged something. Hmm. Everything is contrast. Creator is contrast. He is dark and he is light. He is masculine. He is feminine. He is chaos. He is order. He is, he is heaven. He is hell. He talks to me so sweetly. He or she and sings to me and makes love to me. But at the same time, he'll say, stop being a little bitch and let me love you. He mm -hmm. calls me on my shit. Yeah. And that is why I use golden energy because it's the merging of both. But I didn't tell this guy this. He literally saw it come out of my hand and go into this woman's head. Wow. Wow. So I've been healing people for years. Mm -hmm. But the fact that now other people can see my energy going into other people, now that's cool. Now it's manifesting itself. Yeah. Like that's yes, into yeah. a physical thing now. Now the the way that you the way that you describe the light and the dark, you know, that you um that that's the sort of energy you want, that is you know, I, I hate to, you know, take it, you know, off on a tangent, but at the same time, like that is exactly what my character Excelsior deals with in his origins because cool. he is Excelsior himself. Like in, um, in the second book ever upward, we get to see like his 
very, 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 very beginning of, of the origin, which dates all the way back to the beginning of the universe, because he was one of the group of gods that were tasked with creating the universe and getting it, getting it off and running before joining the center of the universe once again. And this particular one manifested itself into a being that it called Excelsior. So, which, which means onward and upward to greater glory. So he wanted to create this jewel of a planet and he spent so much time on it and was crafting every little bit of it that at the same time though, he started to feel pride in his creation. And he was so taken aback by that feeling of pride, which is, as I say, is one of the seven deadly sins. So he squelched and tried to suppress that, pr that pride in himself so much that it broke off and it created its own entity, which was an entity of darkness. And it became like his, basically his counterpart, his doppelganger. Mm -hmm. And it, bega it began actually like a war between the two of them for the planet's guidance. And so the fact that you said that you don't deal with light or dark energy, that's basically it because Excelsior tried to be all light and wound up creating his own darkness. By Absolutely. Because you yeah. create judgment. Right. A part of me is bad. Just like when I, with a solicious, for me to have wealth or beauty was bad, but deep in my core, I wanted to be just as beautiful as those women that looked like Barbies. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have manifested them unless I had that capability. Are yeah. you willing to me for me to go into even a darker, like a darker arena with how powerful I've become? Uh, sure. We have, we have time. So yeah, let's, uh, whatever you want to talk about, this is what, you know, this is, you know, this is what this, you know, this episode is all about. So whatever you so, feel comfortable talking about. A lot of people are scared of the world. They're scared of other people. They're scared of the world. And this is a reflection of them actually being scared of their own power them judging themselves or shaming their own darkness. Okay. Mm -hmm. Shaming. A lot of people are scared. If I got angry, I would be destroyed. But what we need to understand as a God, you are a life giver, but you also are Cali. You are the destroyer. Mm. And when I found out my husband had cheated on me, um, with my, one of my Barbie doll friends. Okay. Mm. At that time. Yeah. She and I had had lots of history. We actually were married to Genghis Khan together um, a long time ago. And that's a whole other story. In fact, that book that you, um, you first saw me publish, that was mm -hmm. about my story as being a concubine of Genghis Khan. Oh, wow. And a, a lifetime that I remembered. And, and she was in that and she actually had me murdered. And what's really cool is I didn't know what I was writing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw that this world God had, I had, um, I was a princess and he took me as war booty and married me. And I fell in love with him for a little while because of his power. But then I realized he was dark. And so I fell in love with his son who his oldest son who fell in love with me and tried to help me escape. And then I watched him kill his son and then later kill himself. But the, but the female who betrayed me, um, her name was Felicity in that lifetime and I actually put her in my book, mm -hmm. but she named her oldest daughter Felicity in this lifetime. And we hadn't met at that point. Mm -hmm. So it was just cool correlation. But if you actually go back and study history eight years later after writing that book, I actually went and found out it was Genghis Khan because my mother said his name and every hair on my body stood up. And I went and researched him because I actually met him in this life again with her. And 
he, he ended up raping me in this life, but that's another story. Um, but you can actually study, find out in history, nobody knows how Genghis Khan died. But this is what they said, which was really fascinated. Mm-hmm. They said they think it had to do with a princess that was taken for war booty and her and his oldest son, who was good, it actually mentions his oldest son is good, helped, was trying to help her escape. You actually can find this in a book, like in history. Yeah. And that and his oldest son mysteriously, mysteriously dies six months before Genghis Khan, and nobody knows how. But I had seen it. I saw him kill his own son. And then out of guilt, I saw him kill himself. And nobody knows how he died. He mysteriously died six months later. Wow. Isn't that trippy? It's very trippy. I have physical proof reincarnation is actually real. um, Because I published that book eight years before I found out that information. Wow. But long story short, this female has been in my life ever Mm -hmm. since. And I cleared my karma with her. I became friends. But then she cheated on me with my husband. Mm -hmm. Which was such a betrayal to me because I had been so good to her. But again, she was showing me. Um, she was showing me that I was cheating myself thinking I wasn't enough because I wasn't as pretty as her. Right. Yeah. And so I end up finding out when I'm on a plane and I got so angry that I actually started to shake the plane and the plane started going way out of control. And I realized in that moment how powerful I was becoming and that I had to choose to forgive no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so I chose to forgive. And as I chose to forgive, the clouds parted and cleared and everything calmed down. Um, but later, um, but I, and I text her, I says, I, you cheated on me with my husband, which at the time we were actually in an open marriage, but mm-hmm. my husband um, didn't tell me about her because he knew it would hurt me. Right. Right. And so that's mostly why I was angry. It's not that they did it. It was that they did it behind my back. But then yeah. again, I was, I was cheating myself. I was lying to myself by playing small at that time of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, and as soon as I stopped playing small is when all his secrets came out. Mm-hmm. And so when this happened and I blocked her, um, I went through my process of forgiveness work and with her and him and I finally cleared the karma for good. And then two days after I cleared the karma, I felt like re-adding her and letting her apologize to me, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I should have because she was hit by a pig truck two days later. Oh, wow. This pig truck actually drove off a medium, went clear across to the other side. They don't even know how it happened and hit her. And oh, there was no way for her to escape. Yeah. And um, because I'm a medium, she actually came to me that night, my husband, and she, or the next night, and talked to us. And I was able to clear, and she asked for my forgiveness and all those kind of things. But it shows you that you get to a place in your God's and your God creation um, state where if somebody betrays you, the universe will take them out for you, it will fight your battles for you. Yeah. And that's scary for a lot of people mm-hmm. to know how powerful they can become. Yeah. And that is the dark side of being a God. Mm-hmm. Really realizing that's how much power I have now and how yeah. much the universe is now willing to protect me. Wow. 
that's oh man yeah yeah we should definitely talk about something else but yeah. <laughs> but wow. that is why humans are so scared of their power because yeah. they are also the destroyer yeah but yes. i but i yeah. didn't kill her i gave her back to the universe i changed the situation and i forgave mm-hmm. and that is why as you go at people that are blaming everybody and they're not taking accountability for their lives for you to grow and expand and to become a God, you have to always be willing to forgive and not take things personal. Yeah. Let things come, let them go, let it come, let it go. Shitty things are going to happen. When I was being cheated on, I went to this uh, a sex addiction class with a bunch of women because my husband went through a phase mm-hmm. where he left the LDS church. And obviously he's going to go through darkness. Everybody does. Now my husband is like my, my ultimate like lover of all things because he's now in the light and he's honest with who he is. But he went through a dark phase, right? We all do. Yeah. But as I sat there and um, and sitting there and um, talking to these other women, they had left their husbands for looking at porn. Hmm. And here I had been cheated on a dozen times and still could forgive and love. And they're like having nervous breakdowns because they had been look, their husband looked at porn. And I was like, whoa. And it was like a whole other level for me. And it yeah. made me realize that this is a video game and each time you level up, you get to be a bigger badass, but mm-hmm. your monsters are going to get bigger every single time. But if you learn to play the game and stop taking it personal, you will become a God and you will be able to manifest and create anything you desire to the point that I've actually been invited to live in Costa Rica with a group of multimillionaires that are making a massive impact in this world. That's that's amazing. That really, that really is. So, um, wow. Um, so we're coming around to the, um, to the last parts of, of the interview. So I want to make sure that we get everything, get everything in yes. here. Yes. So, um, so we've, we've gone, we've definitely gone on an incredible journey with you. You've led us on and a, and a, just an, a mind blowing uh, journey and it's been a real privilege to uh, to go on that with you, you know, just to to have that. But now we are looking to the future for everything, for for yourself, for what you have in store for for the world around you. Um, you had mentioned a retreat with uh, Solicious. Um, so now we know what Solicious is and what its mission is. What is the retreat that is coming up? What is, uh, what is that all about? So I do retreats every single month. Um, the way I've designed these is you come and you go through your own healing. Healers need healing. So I show you how to heal yourself. Um, I give you all the tools to heal your relationships, your trauma, your anger, your emotions. I give you back control of your life, show you why everything happens so it makes sense, and step you into your life purpose. But then I invite you back anytime you want. And every time you bring somebody, you actually make $1,000 so that you can actually make a full-time living investing in yourself. And as you come back and experience this, I actually start training you to be a facilitator and actually start healing other people because I can't be doing this forever. In fact, I'm stepping into a master creator and an entertainer. I'm no longer a healer. I've already surpassed that because I've healed myself. So Mm -hmm. I want to give these tools to other people and share everything I know 
so that they can start healing the people in their own lives and healing themselves and start stepping into their life purpose. But I also designed this for people like you that have a life purpose but are starting your journey because that the beginning phases of starting that journey is a fine as a financial um you know you have to get your name out there before people start paying attention but right. i want to support you doing this and so that thousand dollar referral fee can also be used for someone like you the retreat i've been told i should be pricing upwards to six thousand dollars i refuse to do that um mm -hmm. i've I've spoken to source and the number he's given me is 3,500. And what that does is it covers the person's lodging. It covers the food. It covers all their healings. It covers the shamans. It covers um, everything they need. Plus they get eight weeks of integration um, coaching afterwards. And mm -hmm. they get to have somebody who um, has daily accountability. So they're working out doing because a lot of what I do is self-love self consistency. I can sprinkle mm -hmm. fairy dust on you all day long, but unless you're eating right, taking care of yourself, doing your meditation affirmations and starting to love yourself every single day, you're just going to go right back down your shame spiral. And right. so I have eight weeks of follow up and consistency with you, but then it also pays someone like you a thousand dollar referral fee. That way you can get your business up. You can get yourself launched. And when people come, I actually show them how to make their money back within a month. And I have credit card systems that I show them how to use if the money's tight for them, how to get the credit card, how to get it paid off a month and start learning how to leverage money because 3,500 might be a lot to someone, but I just right. spent $25,000 on a business, um, like a business, um, coach. I thought that was a lot, but then I went to the other coach. He's charging 120 to 160,000. Money to them is no big deal because they synapses their brain to be able to receive. I actually mm -hmm. have a friend that I would love to bring on your show if you're open. Her mm -hmm. name's Galena. She's been retired since the age of 33. She lives in wow. Costa Rica and she's a passive income specialist. And she teaches mm -hmm. people how to make passive income. And people don't even know that's possible. But since I've met Galena, I've learned all these different ways of having money just come without me doing anything. Money gets to be easy. Life gets to be easy. Relationships mm -hmm. get to be easy, but we have to make that synapse a shift. Yeah. People are not always ready for what I have to offer right now, but if I take them to the beginning of my story and I walk them through my healing journey, they will be ready for it, right? Same thing with money. So I take them mm -hmm. from a lower range that seems like a lot. 3,500 is a lot to invest for somebody on a lower mm -hmm. range, right? But I need yeah. it to be enough that they show up and do their work. Right. Um, once I show them that they come and they get excited and they invite a few people, we get that paid off. Then I show them how to continuously put that investment back into themselves and grow themselves so they can be financially free. But they mm. have to synapses to believe they can do it. And then we synapses them a little bigger and a little bigger, a little bigger until they're like me. I now have people, um, in the past I charged $3,300 or $33 to work with me. Then my clients started paying me 80. Then they started paying me 120. They're automatically doing this. Yeah. Um, they're paying me 200. Then they paid me 300. And then I started having clients offer me 10,000 and they wouldn't, I got one lady who was offended because I wouldn't charge her that much. Like wow. people are getting offended because I'm not charging them more money. They says, why would I yeah. take you serious? Because you're not because taking the value. Serious. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the value of the product. It's, it's exactly what, you know, like uh, what Tony was actually saying at the same, in the same, uh, in the same episode that I was mentioning before, the fact that he himself, he doesn't charge cheap prices, but he adds like 10 times more value. 
And yes. and he gave a great line actually that uh, that really struck me, and it's something that I'm definitely you know like definitely holding on to to use for my own business as an audiobook narrator for a voiceover artist for everything that I want to do for myself for my family. Um, the line that uh, Tony said is, "Nothing is expensive if you add enough value," and yes. that Absolutely. immediately got me. I was just like, "That's that's right." You know, if you if you don't show that you value yourself, then that means you're not taking yourself seriously, and that means that everyone else will not take you seriously. And exactly. so, by charging the price that you that you charge, you're allowing yourself to continue on in the mission that you are on. So Absolutely. yeah. So yeah, absolutely. this is this is oh my god, this 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 episode has just been absolutely mind-blowing. It's it's just been it's been everything I hoped it would be and more. And so I cannot thank you enough again for for being for being here and for for being my friend and for um you know, every, everything that it's just, it's absolutely so appreciated. So I want to share you with the rest of the world. Where can they find you? So they can reach me on, um, my Facebook, which is Natalie Bushnell. Um, I would love if you would give them all of my information. I don't even care if they have my number because I want to support you. Um, if you guys hear this audio and you decide you want to do my um, boot camp. And like I said, I will make it the greatest. Everybody who comes to my emotional healing retreats, it is mind blowing. But not only the truth is, is it's not about me. I want to help you become a creator. I want you to get confidence. And so I want to co-create with you afterwards and help you build your own business. And so you're really cheating yourself, not investing in yourself. And if money's tight, let me know, email me. Um, my email is live, love, be in love at gmail.com or solicious.mb at gmail.com. Um, he's going to have to write that in because I think I spelled solicious a little differently because the other one was taken. Um, but it's live, love, be in love at gmail.com because my other business is called Live, which is love is virtually everything. Mm. And so email me. Let me know that George referred you um, so I can bless him so he can get his mission out and his word out and and start stepping into his power and because that's really what it's about is us lifting each other up and co-creating yeah. I've, I've seen the universe okay it gets past God we, we surpass God God has brothers and sisters and and friends and cousins and uncles and lovers and, 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 and every one of those is another universe and another infinity and it never ends. But the reason why they got so powerful and big is because we're power, more powerful together. If we co-create together and we joint venture together and we support each other, we're going to be able, what if, what if there's no such thing as time? What if we are the gods? What if we are that infinity? But this is the beginning stages of us learning to work together and co-create together and stop everybody doing their own thing and, and trying to survive. And we start co-creating and building each other up and create the infinite, create the heavens. What if we are the gods and we're just exactly. getting to experience the, at the fir very beginning of the story, just like what you're about, George. Yeah. And it's, it's very much like, uh, like what, um, you see like all, you know, like all around in all, you know, different uh, films and, you know, television and everything. The big concept that they have right now is shared universe. 
Yes. That's basically what we are currently living in right now. And yes. that is that is something that uh, that we can basically that we can aspire to make better together. And so um, that is I could I can't think of a better note to go out on for this episode. Again, Natalie, thank you so much for being here. I hope that uh, I hope that everyone who has heard this is feeling as inspired as I am and ready to re- you know ready to meet life with a smile and ready to go out and realize your own potential. That's what this show has has always strived to be about and that is and that is right here. That is at, you know this this is every bit of it right here in this episode so i hope all of you have been able to take as much out of this episode as i have and for natalie bushnell this is george soroy saying to all of you ever upward and we'll see you next week